10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Loving that intro song, man. What is that? It sounds oh. awfully familiar. Uh, it sounds awfully familiar. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Let me pause these right quick. So I'm gonna ask you, man. Which, what anime intro is that? It sounds familiar. It sounds familiar, right? It sounds awfully familiar. Can you please jog my memory, sir? Because I'm loving it. I'm. I mean, loving- I mean, you want me to like replay, it? like you know, just. Just another clip. I'm trying to jog your memory a little bit. 
Go ahead. You need me to, you need, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, I should have had my coffee this morning. Uh, I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie. I'm tired. Uh, You're gonna kick yourself when I tell you. I know. I know. I will. You're gonna kick yourself. I know you will. I know you will. And for the listeners out there, that's only the uh, first intro. Now the outro will be from the same series. But this was the second half of the season where I'm going to play for the outro. But, go, you know, just take a stab in the dark, you know. I mean, it has something to do with some of the subject matter we got today. I want to I, I want to say it's Gundam. I want to say it's Gundam. You are in the ballpark, but which one? Jesus Christ. Ah. <laughs> so many of them. Ah. You, get, you got it. You got, you got I, half of it right. I was thinking gunning the whole time. I, I, I just, ah, ah, mm. ah. <laughs> Listeners, do y'all have any clue which, which this intro is from? I should smack myself for not knowing this. That's what I should do. I yeah, should. do y'all know this intro? <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you know, you, you know, you're the Gundam man, man. You're the Gundam man. I am. I am. I am. That's why I feel disgusted for not knowing this. Uh, <laughs> oh, I should have got some coffee. Jesus do, do you give up? I give up, man. I give up. This is Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Shit. <laughs> Hit the retro one time, E. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it, man. I can't believe it. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Ah, I thought you had it. I thought you had it. I thought you had it. Hey man, just just wait to the outro. Just wait to the outro. Then you know, you might you might jag jiggy with that too. Let's see. But yes, that is Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Matter Great of fact, series. great series. Fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it is a good series. Um now we we definitely gonna jump into like the twenty best Gundam series. Uh, not our list, but that's last. But uh, Thanos Rick, man, I know you know you've been out of town. You're back in town now, man. We got a good bit of stuff to cover here. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what, what's the dealio, man? What, what you been up to lately? Yeah, man, I was in Savannah for you know most most of last week, all of last week. Right. Um, good friend of mine from the military got married. I was the best man, so. You know, mm. I was, we were getting everything together. I was busy, you know. Debauchery. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, now I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I, I just got back not too long ago. So it's, you know, I'm tired, man. I, I am still exhausted. So. Yeah, I understand, man. You, you know, you're tired yeah. from all the activities. Stop it, please. <laughs> Rigorous. Rigorous. <laughs> Hey man, listen. It's one of them rare occasions where you know I, I got the upper hand on this one because you know if you would have got the upper hand, you would have just laid in. You would just laid in on me. And uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I let you rest. I let you rest. You know, you fresh off the plane, man. You know, we can. I I can hold this till tomorrow. I can hold this until Tuesday. I can hold it. Nah, man. Let's 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 get jiggy with it. Let's get jiggy. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, and you know, I'm I'm not thinking you retired all that. Nudity, you know, and dollar bills. You know what I mean? You know, gotta gotta have those ones. 
Can we please proceed with the show? <laughs> I beg of you. I beg of you. <laughs> Yo, happy Monday, man. Listen, uh, this weekend was actually a pretty decent weekend. You know, um, you know, I, I do have some friends in the Louisiana area. You know, prayers up for you guys because Hurricane Ida. I know it jumped up to a Cat 5. Um, I'm not sure for how long. But uh, as far as my friends go, they are okay. You know, they got some power outages here and there, but they're fine. Um, they are fine. Um, you know, thankfully, that's the case with them. And, you know, Louisiana and Floridians are a different breed of people, man. It's kind of like, I let me get this hurricane. This hurricane is coming. Let me get the liquor. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I can understand, like, you deal with this every season right and yeah and it's like it's you know you kind of get a little overbearing like to move or to evacuate every time there's a hurricane so i think they actually have on one of my good friends she actually told me that's a gauge if it's like a cat three they're not going anywhere so if it's like a cat four or five all right then you know we might pop smoke but if it's like a cat three we sticking it out and uh, so shout out to those guys. Shout out to those guys. So they are doing very well. Um, <clears throat> talked to them late uh, yesterday evening. So uh, Mio 38. Yeah, they gave hurricane parties in Florida. Like it, it's nothing like they see this every season. Florida for I mean, for real, because it's surrounded by water. So it's like mm, hurricane coming. Let me get the beer. Let me get the liquor. Let me get my lanterns and all the other stuff. So but yeah, so we're going to jump into some news. Here, Thanos Rick, and this involves Halo. Now, Showtime is it Jaina uh, Winograve uh, addresses Halo's move to Paramount Plus, calling the upcoming video game adaptation a good fit for the streaming platform. Now, an executive for Showtime has addressed a premium cable network's planned Halo adaptation, jumping ship. Stream to Paramount streaming service saying that the move is ultimately a good thing for the upcoming sci-fi series. She, uh, to quote, look, we love Halo. We have great affection for it. And Paramount Plus is a good fit because we continue on as the studio. So we're going to be in, intimately involved with the creative and the production of it. Now, Showtime Network's president of entertainment, uh, Jaina, said at the TCA Summer Press Tour uh, panel via GameSpot. So now, but the truth is, to quote her, is that it was always a bit of an outlier for us in terms of its fit in the Showtime universe. Um, Jaina continued, we did an amazing job of imbuing the series, imbuing into the series, the character drama that we're so well known for. But at the end of the day, it is a big, broad, big tent show. So when Paramount Plus came into being, it really was a natural fit there. To Jaina's point, Showtime is a far better known for character-focused dramas like Dexter, Ray Donovan, than it is for sci-fi epics. Now, in contrast, Paramount Plus has made sci-fi a major part of its image as the streaming platform is the currently the spiritual home of Star Trek. Now, though, interestingly, CBS All Access, Paramount Plus predecessor, was planning an adaptation of The Man Who Fell to Earth and ultimately moved to Showtime. So what you think about this uh this Halo series? Because they, they said they developed this seven years ago. They started developing seven years ago. I mean it's it's long overdue, but my question is why why Paramount Plus? Um I, I think Paramount is trying to do go into a different direction as far as 
what they're going to, you know, I mean, of course they got Star Trek. So I think it will only be natural that, you know, Halo will be a good fit. And on top of that, Paramount needs series. They need people to buy the streaming service. I forgot I have it, to be honest. The only reason I got Paramount Plus is to watch my old Nickelodeon shows like Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Wild Life and stuff, all real monsters. You know, there's nowhere else I can find that but Paramount Plus. That's the only reason why I got it. Other than that, I wouldn't have it. There's no reason for me to have it. So what's, um, the, what's the rating for uh, for the for Halo for the Halo show? Uh, let's see. OK, they, now they got the green light in 2018. And in the year now, in February of this year, it was confirmed that Halo has moved its Viacom CBS Paramount streaming platform. And in addition, Halo stars uh, Natasha Melhorn as Dr. Catherine Halsey, Yaron Ha as Quan Ha, Charlie Murphy as uh, McKee, Shabana Osmi as Admiral Margaret uh, Paragoski, and Booking Woodbine as Soaring 066, among others. Now, uh, who reprises her role as Cortana? From the original video games. Now it doesn't have a premiere date, so it's not out yet. I mean, I mean, I'm with you. Paramount Plus. I mean, they they seem to have quite a few things already. I mean, I would have guessed maybe Apple TV. They need shows and movies, if anything. True. True that. True that. Or maybe Netflix. Well, nah, because that that probably got lost in the sauce with Netflix. They already got too much already over there. Right. Ooh. Hulu wouldn't work. Uh, Hulu probably will work because Hulu actually got some got some good series, actually. So, I mean, I think Paramount needs it above anybody else. Amazon doesn't really need it. Netflix doesn't really need it. Uh, Hulu doesn't really need it. Um, HBO Max can have it, but I mean, they don't really need it either. I mean, Paramount Plus is really low tier compared to what about Apple TV? Uh, yeah, Apple TV is on a whole nother level of trash. So that's what I'm saying. They they could use something like that. I, I mean, I would think, you know, and you know, I'm I I am an Apple guy, so I will root for Apple. So right, right, right. I don't know. I mean, let's. So no premiere date. Um, what about the plot? Did, did it give any plot details? No, um, I, I didn't see any plot details in regards to that. I, I think it's more of a prequel type deal. Okay. Because um, I, you know, as I read the article, it says, it doesn't say anything about Master Chief. Interesting. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, I think it's more or less, you know, the beginning stages. Because I used to have the Halo books. I used to read the Halo books, at least one, okay. one or two of them. And it, the prequel is more intriguing. <laughs> and then anything else. And BC says Master Chief shoots aliens in plot. I mean, that's what he does. He kill, he shoots aliens and knights them. You know that that's what he do. Well, I mean, if if if, if they're going for a new story or a, I guess a side story or whatever, separate from mm-hmm. separate from what we already know, I get it. I get it. It's new. It's fresh. You know, they wanna they wanna add to the Halo franchise or the Halo lore. I get it. I get right. it. You know, just just make it good. You know, there's still a lot of Halo fans. I'm sure Paramount Plus will get new subscribers. You know, so I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I I have yet to get my Paramount Plus subscription. I, I might go ahead and do it since you did, you did bring up Real Monsters, which I totally forgot about. 
you know. So. Yeah, see, see, and, and bro, it, it has been so so long since I actually picked up Paramount Plus. Reading this article reminded me that I have Paramount Plus. That's yeah. how long it's been. So I might cancel shit today. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. I might, I might cancel it today just because I, I forgot about it. I'm like, oh man. I mean, don't, I mean, don't don't cancel it yet. I mean, it, it seems like they have some stuff coming, you know, through the pipeline. So, you know, don't 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 cancel it yet. Don't cancel it yet. So, it's only a couple dollars. You got that? It's a couple. It's a couple bucks. I mean, yeah, I got that. But you know what? What I mean, that's a couple bucks I could have in my pocket because I'm not using Paramount Plus like at all. Because I'm like, oh shit, all real monsters, kind of like you, right? So once I got my nostalgic fix, I went elsewhere. It's like, mm, I-, I can live. Man, your your attention span is something else. <laughs> what, what, what you mean? <laughs> what you mean? What you mean? <laughs> your attention span is something else. But it's cool. It's cool. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, come on. Come on now. I mean, I, for, again, for it was for a couple weeks now. It wasn't like a day. I mean, it was a couple weeks. I mean, you know, I was watching Doug, Our Real Monsters, man. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so I, I think I got a couple open Saturdays. So I'm going to hold it off for at least for another two weeks, right? And I'm going to enjoy my Saturday mornings and I'm going to watch me some Nick Tunes. Nick Tunes. Now, if, if I get my fix again, then, you know, happy trails. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know Halo would be enough for me to actually Whoa. say, oh, I need me to get Paramount, let me get Paramount Plus. Because I feel like it's gonna show up somewhere else as a series. Like I can just get the DVD set and be done with it. I mean, probably not. I mean, I've I've never known you to be a big Halo fan like that. Unless I I've missed something. I don't know. I mean, we've never really spoken about it. <laughs> in the past. Well, I mean, I love Halo up to a certain point. Like, Halo 2 is still forever my favorite. Uh-huh. Mainly because the, multi- the multiplayer is ridiculously good. And, you know, I played ODST and I played Halo 3. And that was pretty much the, the end of it, basically. Because I feel like once it left Bungie, it kind of, it shifted for me. and it, it felt different. I don't know, I couldn't, I can't put my finger on it, but it just feels different. So I mean, once Bungie left, it's like, eh, mm, mm, mm. I get it. Okay, I get you know. it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, I mean, hopefully it's it's a success. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure you know they're gonna make it good. So I mean, we'll see. I might check it out. Who knows? I might. I I, I gotta see a trailer or, or something, some some clips. You know, I don't want to fully commit yet, but we'll see. I got you. I got you. Well, you know, now off to some other news here. We're talking about, you know, some of you guys' favorite horror figures, and that's Candyman. And I'm not saying that game, saying that name four more times neither. So, uh, <clears throat> so this man here slashes through the box office competition with a strong $22.3 million opening weekend. Yeah. Opening weekend. Yeah. So <clears throat> now this news comes by the way of Variety, which also reports that Nia DaCosta directed and Jordan Peele produced film brought in an additional $5.2 million overseas across 51 international markets. This brings Candyman's opening weekend grand total to 
million dollars. Now, the movie, which cost MGM $25 million to produce, is due to be quite profitable for the studio, according to Variety. Now, this is especially great news for MGM, as other R-rated movies have struggled in the pandemic-era box office. The Suicide Squad opened to just $26.5, uh, despite industry expectations that it will pull in around $30 mil. Now, <clears throat> however, unlike this horror flick, uh, the Suicide Squad also debuted on a subscription streaming service. Now, following suit with many other movies released this summer, what the other what the Suicide Squad didn't make at the box office, they might have made up for with new HBO Max subscriptions. Now, um, now you know, CM debuted it exclusively to theaters, though, and have already made back the money it cost to make it. The upcoming three-day weekend could be big for the horror movie. Variety cites the movie's nature as sequel as it will as it's 85% on Rotten Tomatoes and B Cinema score as reasons for its box office success. Now, y'all Abdul Mateen, uh, two-led movie, not Ryan Reynolds, free guy down to second place after the video game theme movie sat at the number one spot for two weeks straight. Now, Free Guy earned an additional $13.6 million, with 3,940 theaters and a decline of 27% from its second weekend. But either way it goes, CM is raking it up. Raking it up. What, what you think? Did you go see that movie? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. What, what did you think about that movie? I heard it wasn't as scary as people thought it was. Well, keeping it spoiler-free since it just dropped. Uh, it that that is correct. It's not as creepy as the original, but I did enjoy it. Um, of course, with any Jordan Peele movie, you know you have your messages. This movie is filled with messages that you know I think people will understand and appreciate. Um, you. I, Spoiler free. I mean, you, 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 you still have your moments where, I mean, it, it is violent. There is blood. There is, you know, slashing and all that stuff. Just like, you know, like the original. Um, what's my man's name? Who, who, who's the the, the lead? Um, I, I, I always butcher his name. How do you say his name? Uh, let me see. Let me see. I, I, I don't butcher his name. Black Manta. My man. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Just call him Black Manta. <laughs> Black yeah, I mean, he, he, he did excellent. Um, and what's what's her? Uh, uh what's now her? I, I will say, what's um, girl from a uh, WandaVision? Uh, damn it, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll do my team. No, no, and uh, Tiana Paris. Yes, yes, her. She, she did very, very well in the movie. I mean, it was a great cast. Um, again, you have your slash, you have your blood, a lot of messaging. You will see some familiar faces. Um, some new faces, uh, not as creepy, not as scary, but I don't, I don't know if that was the intent of the movie. It seems like it wasn't the intent. That's how it comes off to me. You know, you know some movies are, you know, the intent is for it to be scary. I don't think this movie was trying to be scary, not, not in the traditional sense, if that makes sense. Okay. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a balanced mix of your creepy, scary, and your messaging. You know, good acting. You know, I I I think it's a good mix of that. So, I mean, I would say go and see it. I liked it. 
Um, I'm pretty sure you might like it. You and Queen might might both like it. So. Well, I might. Queen ain't going to watch that shit. <laughs> just, let me put that out there right now. Queen doesn't do horror movies, period. <laughs> like, well, at all. Well, I mean, I, I, again, it, it's not the typical traditional horror movie. I mean, if, if Queen can live through some blood and some slashing, I think she'll be okay with this. I really do. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some movies that was pretty gruesome. I mean, you know, action movies or whatever. Right. But if it's not like jump out scary, then yeah, yeah, she can manage that. I mean, I I never really thought it was jump out. Like the, the whole time I didn't jump out. I, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's me. I enjoy horror movies, you know, but but that's me. But it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think it was like jump out scary, you know, like the conjuring or like uh, you know, a movie like that. But I think oh, I, okay. I, I think you two will will like it. Man, hell, she didn't watch well. Did we watch Army of the Dead together? I want to say, I want to say we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did, we did, we did watch Army of the Dead. So she did manage that. Um, Queen, Queen, give it a chance. Give it a chance. You and Ego see it. Give it a chance. I really think you'll like it. The funny thing about it is in theaters. So I don't know how long it's going to be in theaters. Maybe for another two weeks, I guess. No, not two weeks. No, no. Maybe, you don't think so? Maybe another month. Another month? Oh, okay. So you think it's going to be longer than that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be the, the typical run in the theater. Maybe a month, month and a half. Now, I, I think this is number one, and I think this is the first time um, uh, you know, an African-American woman uh, directed yes. movie was number one? Ye- I think so. I think this is like a history-making type of thing, because um, the director is, you know, is a black woman, and didn't I think it's the first time it's been number one. Didn't Ava DuVernay produce something that's number one way back when? Uh, I, I want to say, yeah. Um, I got to do my research on that, but. Okay. 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 Yeah, I definitely got it. Now, now, is my boy Tony Todd in it? The OG. Is the OG Candyman in this? I'm not going to spoil it. I I'm mean. Not, I'm not going to spoil nothing. I'm just, like I said, you'll see some familiar faces. Okay. You may see a cameo or two. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna spoil it because the movie just came out. E. I can't. See. You, <laughs> you gotta go see it. Go see it. <laughs> support the movie. Go ahead and support it. Support the cast. It's a great cast. So, you know, I ain't gonna spoil it. I ain't gonna spoil it. But it was oh, good. like unlike you, like I can just bust out. Oh yeah, I already read it. I already know what's happening. What you mean with Titans? That shit was trash. No. I didn't care about yeah, spoiling man. that shit. I didn't care. <laughs> I, I, I see. I clearly, clearly, because because other people have been watching it and they were like they thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. I mean, I think the one thing that pissed you off the most was like Hawk, you know, going away the way he did. No, that that was annoying. But you know, they're they're you was pretty vocal about it. Their their interpretation of the Red Hood really bothered me because they could have done better with that shit. They could have. They could have done, done better. I mean, you know I mean, we don't we didn't heard this story. Okay, we don't heard Red Hood story like like fifty thousand times in fifty thousand different ways. Like, what other what other way to tell that story, honestly, other than tweak it a little bit and make it interesting? Because if if you already know what's going to happen in the show, why watch the show? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do it? It's like same thing as Walking Dead. Like Walking Dead, 
has Daryl as a TV character. Nowhere in the comic Daryl is a is a comic book character at all. But in the comic, Carl is still alive. Rick is gone, but Carl is still alive. But in the show, Carl is dead. Rick is gone. So if you if anybody that reads the comics look at the show, they already know what's going to happen. You know, so why not tweak it and make it different? So, I mean, honestly, it, it, it basically what if like Marvel's what if, right? What if Batman did break? What if he beat the shit out of Joker, just beat him to death? Because that was really symbolic. Because when he threw down that crowbar, he told Dick Grayson, look, I'm done. Like, I broke my code. You got to be a better Batman to me. That was his message that he dipped out. Because he can't technically be Batman because he committed a crime. That's always been Batman's deal. Listen. That's always been his deal. Like, he committed, like, the ultimate crime. The, some, the code that he vowed not to break, and he did it. Listen, I don't mind doing tweaks. I don't mind, you know, showing a new, you know, way of, you know, like, I, I don't mind that. But if you're going to make it different, at least make it good. Now again, well, well, in my, my opinion, it wasn't good. I prefer right. I preferred the animated movie. I thought that was ten times better. The comics, of course, better. You know what I'm saying? But e, I also like you know my live action as well. You know, so to me, it just wasn't it just wasn't a good representation of the Red Hood. They could have done a whole lot better than that. And I mean, and on top of that, they even stole elements, some elements from the animation, which I'm pretty sure you caught that. Yeah, yeah, duffel bag. The hair's in a duffel bag. Yeah, so it's like, okay, okay. You know, so, I don't know, man. I would just, you know, I thought it would be something else, but hey. It is what I it mean, is. I mean, I mean, I would encourage you to continue, because I, I still got to catch up on uh, episode four and uh, five, the aftermath of it. Because I understand where you, where you was coming from at, because honestly, the Red Hood just pulled awesome Joker shit. I mean, Dove killed Hawk. Red, Red, Red Hood didn't do it. Red Hood actually told her, you pull that trigger, he's dead. Mm-hmm. He told her straight up. But she wasn't, she was, you know, she did it on her own, technically. Now, that's by her hand. But, you know, had she been patient, had she listened to Dick, you know, Hawk would still be with us. But that's not the case. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I feel like this story here, this third season is more centered because. Okay. With season one, it felt like it was all over the place. Number second season, it found its feet once the Doom Patrol got involved. That's what remember I told you. That's why I really, really got vested into it. And I'm keep hearing about Star Girl. I keep hearing about it, and I gotta go back. I gotta go watch it now. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard some good things. I've heard some good things about it. I heard Green Lantern things. Yeah, yeah, we 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 mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, you did. You told me. Yeah, so I mean, it's, and I've seen the screenshots, and I was like, "Hmm, the production quality has increased a little bit." Yeah, man, it's money, man. The money, <laughs> the budget increased. <laughs> That's all. <it> is. <laughs> the budget. <laughs> so yeah, man. But I mean, here's this check again. And going to to you know what what Mark mentioned, you know Tony Todd. I mean, and E, I can't really think of. Of another role, but I I know Tony Todd as just the scary, you know, African American guy from the movie. Yeah, he oh, he's man. he's that guy. Other than Final Destination, the mortician, and he was scary in that shit too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I don't know him in anything else. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
I'm pretty sure he's he's played in other roles. I just can't think of any. Can't think of it, right? Like, I mean, he's pretty iconic. He typecasted himself. I, I mean, I think, you know, he accomplished what actor's biggest fear is, and that is being typecasted. And I think he did a phenomenal job as that character, but I think he did too good of a job to the point that he can't play no other roles. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like with Jack Nicholson, like with the Joker. When you see Jack Nicholson, you see the Joker. I mean, he's done other movies, but the one movie you recognize him as is the Joker. But but the thing is, Jack Nicholson, he normally plays the same type of like I've 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 never really seen Jack Nicholson play. How should I say this? He's been in a lot of movies. Um yeah. Batman, he was in Wolf, he was in um The Shining. Departed. He, Departed. Like Jack Jack normally plays a particular certain type of role. Like he may step out of his zone for maybe a movie or two, but normally Jack is still Jack. You know, right. it's like it's like Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp will play the same type of role. He'll normally step out and do something else. But normally, when you see a Johnny Depp movie, you kind of know, okay, this is more his thing. You know what I'm saying? So it, it doesn't really typecast it, yeah, but I mean, you 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 play to your strengths. And I think that's what guys like Jack does, Johnny Depp, certain guys just play to their strengths. Like that's that's what we know them for. That's what brings them the money. Well, I think Johnny did step out his element when he played Jack Sparrow. That wasn't his normal everyday role. Because I mean, if you look at his role in Once Upon a Time, yeah. Because if you look at his role in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and then you look at Jack Sparrow, it's a night and day difference. Yeah, but I mean, he says he says the same word. He says savvy. Now he says that, but. You know, other than that, though, you know, his character is a little different. Like in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, he just he's just different. Well, uh, again, certain actors, you know, they'll step out. I think with Pirates, he was still playing that kind of awkward, kind of weird, kind of, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, you know um, Alice in Wonderland, uh, freaking um, um, the, 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 the Harry Potter movies. Um, right. Um, you know, it's, it's but he'll step out, you know. Mexico, as you mentioned, Public Enemies, which I love that movie. Like he'll step mm-hmm. up and, and play a serious role, but normally, you know, he he plays these roles and it's awkward. It's awkward, you know. Yeah, and, it feels awkward. And I mean I that think, in a good way. In a good way, you know. Yeah, uh, and I, I think uh, Training Day, Todd, like we did. Okay. No, I mean Sweeney Todd, another one. You know what I'm saying? So you know these dark movies. You know, Scissor Hands. You know what I'm saying? Like these are awkward roles, but you know. You know, yeah, I, I still feel like Training Day is probably Denzel's best role because it's to to me because it's different. It's not his usual drama. Better like he always Malcolm. put out there, better but Training Malcolm. Day was different. Better than Malcolm X. It's not his typical drama. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying about movie standards, but I'm talking about him playing that like role because this is totally different than what he normally plays, which I think that that caused people to pay attention for American Gangster because they saw him in Training Day. So it's like, ah, hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because Training Day was like, man, you you didn't see this Denzel. You didn't see this side of Denzel. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, now, one of my other favorite movies of him, uh, I forgot uh, the name of it. Had, um, he was a cop and 
I forgot. Oh, out of time, I think. I think out of time. Yeah, That's the name yeah. Of it. I've seen that. I've seen that with um, what's her face? Um, uh, Eva, Eva, was, uh, Eva Mendez. Yeah, she was in that. Wasn't yeah. She? Yeah, yep. yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Eva Mendez, Dean Kane. Yeah, I mean Denzel. I I think Denzel was more multifaceted than say like Denzel. You you can't typecast him because he can play any role. I Correct. Think, I think it it you know as long as it makes sense. I mean, you mentioned Training Day. You know, I just saw him in you know the the, the little things. You know, I just watched yeah. him. You know, the Manchurian Candidate, which is a really underrated movie. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> Pelican Brief. Pelican Brief. Um, you know, he, he acting for what thirty years, forty yeah. years. You know, Denzel. Training Day, Officer Hoyt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. But just you know, just you know, back to Candyman. I, I think that you know it's a great movie. You guys should go check it out. Um, support it. You know, it's good. It's good. Not as scary, right. not as creepy as the originals, but it's still a good movie. Understandable. Understandable. And then now, uh, well, now we're going to close out the show now with a list here. And I, I believe, you know, I mean, Thanos Rick is not a big fan of lists, but we're going to see if he actually agrees with this said list here. Uh, I don't. I don't. I figure you don't. I mean, I feel that's up for discussion there. You know what I'm saying? I feel that would be up for discussion. But this is the 20 best uh, Gundam series ranked. Right? So, starting with number 20, which is Gundam Build Fighters Try. came out in 2014. Now, uh, it's amusing to watch Sunrise Animated Show based on a timeline where their beloved IP... Uh, became the largest cultural phenomenon in modern history. The plot isn't quite as solid as the original, but watching an underdog team make their stand against all odds never gets old. Watch this if you're craving cool Gundam battles. So it's basically, it's kind of like uh, uh, old to Gunpla, basically Gundam builds. So that's basically what that's really about for the listeners out there. Uh, so number twenty, number nineteen is Mobile Suit Gundam Seed, two thousand two. Now Gundam Seed rose to popularity by emulating what made Gundam Wing so successful, an enticing cast and engaging storytelling. Now Seed looks at the racial tension, the appearance of a new human subspecies, the coordinators can create, and how could how it could lead to war. Now it's a rough but honest look at how human societies have operated since the dawn of time. Now, since this takes place in a completely different, isolated continuity, Gundam Seed could be could be a great entry point to the franchise. Now, number 18, which I think this is a really good one, is uh, Gundam Unicorn RE 0096, 2010. Now, based on a novel by Haritoshi Fukui, uh, Gundam Unicorn was first released as a series of sh- shorter web animations in 2010. It was later recompiled into a TV show format. The show's plot revolves around Laplace's box, an item with political implications that could bring down the ruling structure of the Earth Federation. Now, while the plot is intriguing, my favorite part about this show has to be the super cool mobile suit designs, including the titular unicorn and the Sananju as designed by Hajime Kentoki. Now, this was actually a pretty good series here. Now, I mean, I'm pretty sure you watched Gundam Unicorn, correct? I did. Thanos Rick? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The animation was crisp. Very, very good. Yeah. And uh, 
number 17 is one of the articles that you're writing about, Thanos, Rick, and that Mobile Suit Gundam Shards Counterattack, 1988, which you can actually find that on Netflix, by the way. Um, after Shards... Oh, go ahead. Not sure why it's ranked so low, but go ahead. Yeah, so after Shards... <laughs> Aznabu's appearance as a likable budding hero in Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, his surprising transformation into a genocidal maniac trying to drop asteroids on Earth is a bit extreme. Destroying the Earth just so that we can't fight over it is just a faulty logic. Way below Shard's stature. Now still, it gives us the perfect opportunity to watch Amaro and Shard duke it out one last time in top-of-the-line mobile suits. Now going out in a blaze of glory was the only ending fit for these two warriors. So, I mean, you got to watch like the other stuff to kind of like fully grasp Shard's counterattack. But again, worth the watch. Number 16 is Mobile Suit Gundam Age 2011. Uh, war leaves deep marks on everyone involved and these wounds cause ripples far into the future. Now that's the overarching theme in Mobile Suit Gundam Age, which follows the exploits of Flint Asano and his descendants in the war against Va- uh, Vagan a nation of Mars colonizers abandoned by Earth Federation. The character designs by Level 5 are among the best of the series has ever seen here, and it features plenty of exciting flashy mobile suit battles. I think that's what a lot of people look forward to is the flashy battles, Thanos Rick. Number 15 is one of my personal favorites is Mobile Fighter G Gundam 1994. Yeah. 49 episodes. That was a good series. Now, now, Gundam rose to popularity by setting itself apart with a grounded plot and a realistic look at giant robots as weapons of war. But not every entry in the series is quite as square cut. In Mobile Fighter G Gundam Future, the nations of the universe have agreed to lay down their weapons and settle their differences with a Gundam tournament. This focus on one-on-one battles and admittedly campy storyline make it really easy to get into with no previous Gundam knowledge. G Gundam is a must watch if you're in it for the badass characters and brutal mobile suit battles. What you think they don't speak about that? No complaints. No disagreements. I feel like mobile suit, mobile fighter G Gundam should be higher, but I understand as to why it's ranked that way. Because there's some people that hated this series. I don't know. Why. Mainly because, huh? Why? Well, mainly because. It it wasn't part of the um, the major other part. It it didn't coincide with all the other stuff, all the other Gundams, because all the other Gundams was just like political intrigue and blah 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 blah. Mobile Fighter was nothing like that at all. It was shonen basically, right? right. And then was like, well, what the fuck you put this out here for us? Because we don't like it. But this was got the West. I think this was one of the series that got the West involved in the Gundam in the first place was Mobile Fighter G Gundam. And I mean, we still talk about it to this day. I feel like, now there is a Blu-ray collection Thanos Rick. Now I might intrigue you a little bit. There is a Blu-ray collection with Boxart and it is digitally remastered. So the animation is a little bit better than it was in 1994. So you might want to check it out on Amazon. I'm telling you this because I might be getting it. So I'm just trying to give you the heads up before I, you know, jump on Amazon. Just let you know. I already have it. You got the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You got a Blu-ray collection. Mm-hmm. I already got it. What's in the what's so did it come with like an action figure or something? Hold on, let me check. This man here got the Blu-ray mobile fighter G. And he didn't tell me. He didn't even tell me. 
Actually, you know what? It's not here. I think it's at my sister's house. Down where you at? Actually. What? What? God, man. Come on. Now, I'll have, tell you what. I don't have it here with me, but I think my sister has it. So I, I'm willing to make a trade with you. And this is the next one on the list. I'm willing to make a trade. And this is Mobile Suit, Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt 2015. Now, if you thought the main battles of the one-year war were brutal, think again. Gundam Thunderbolt reminds us that this giant robot anime is meant to deliver an anti-war message, even if it often gets overshadowed by cool mechas. Thunderbolt features plenty of visually striking battles, too, but the focus always come back to the fear and suffering experienced by these warriors. Even the Living Dead division that fights on behalf of the Xeon is made up exclusively of pilots who suffered horrible war injuries. Would you like that DVD? Or that Blu-ray, actually? Because it's eight episodes. And it's actually a manga. So um, I actually let someone borrow it. They gave it back to me. And they said they, they really, like, really did like it. They held it on to it for a while, too. Had to snag it. So I'm willing to make a trick. You know, you give me that mobile fighter G gun, I'll give you that Thunderbolt. We'll talk off here. We'll talk off here. You know, hilarious. We, we, hilarious. <laughs> we talk Absolutely here. hilarious. What? <laughs> what? I'm just saying, man. You know, I'm just saying. Number 13 is Mobile Suit Victory Gundam. Now, almost 100 years after the one year war, the Earth Federation is a shadow of a powerful nation. It once was. Now, and the Zonscare Empire is ready to grab this low-hanging fruit. The mature portrayal of the horrors of war appealed to older fans who had grown up with Zeta Gundam and Gundam ZZ. The casualties among the main cast is pretty high by the end of the series. If you're looking for something that'll scratch the Game of Thrones shape itch, it might, this might do it. Mobile Suit Victory Gundam. Now, have you seen this series? Victory, yes, I have seen it. What's your thoughts on that? I like it. I like it. I mean, the story could have been a little better, but I like it. Okay. Okay. Now, this is another one which has high-quality animation here, and that is Gundam Bill Fighters 2013. Uh, now, picture a world where instead of cellular technology becomes wildly popular and leading to the eventual development of smartphones, Gundam plastic models were all all the rage from 1979 onward. In the world of Gundam build fighters, Gunpla models are high-tech and equipped with weapons that let them fight each other in special matches. Now, in basic Beyblade, but with Gunpla instead of tops, along with colorful characters and a compelling plot, the show features plenty of Gundam inside jokes, cameos, opportunities to lose your chill over your over the appearance of your favorite classic mobile suits. Well worth the watch if you been into the series in the past or getting back into it. Have you watched this series? You know, I've seen like the first episode. Right. I don't really care for it. Don't really care for it. Mm. It, 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 it didn't it didn't grab my attention like I thought it would, but I mean it's not I might terrible. give it a shot. It ain't terrible, but it's is 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 I don't know. Not your cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. No. Not your cup of tea. I, I understand. I, I'm going to give this another shot. I actually did the same thing, and I might have to turn off a certain switches when I watch this show, not not to be judgmental of it. So maybe I'll give it a second look. 
because I think this is really a uh, kind of like a uh, a love story or a love letter to fans. That's what I meant to say. It's a love letter to fans because fans of Gundam series, you're gonna see some of your favorite Gundams if you watch like all all the Gundams or whatever the case may be, and you get to see it in this show. Kind of like One Piece did the anniversary movie. Mm-hmm. It was a love letter to fans, which had all the characters, well, pretty much a great majority of the characters from, you know, One Piece until after, you know, after the war when they grew up, you know, and all that was not when they grew up. But after that, one year of training, mm-hmm. basically everybody that they met along the way, they're in this movie. So I think with, you know, Gundam Bill Fighters, I think this actually is a love letter to the fans. So I think. I might give it another shot. I might give it another shot. All right. So the next one up is Era After Colony is Gundam Wing. Now, Gundam Wing was the first anime series in the Gundam franchise to receive a full dub and start airing in the U.S. And countless other countries follow suit. Now, this had made it one of the most popular and finally remembered Gundam shows, although it doesn't necessarily feature the best writing. Now, it has weak pacing and a questionable plot. But its themes of rebellion against a rotten government and its young magnetic cast were a hit with the audiences. So if you want to watch something relatable and easy to digest, go to Gundam Wing. I mean, I disagree with the weak plot in the writing, but hey, that's his opinion. You know what's funny about that is that I, I mean I, I don't think it was just him. Cause when I when I looked at like because I was doing research on like top Gundam series. Um there was some differences as far as what was number one, right? But Gundam Wing was never number one. But they did point out that Gundam Wing was more Shonen-esque, and it went along with Dragon Ball Z, Outlaw Star. It went along with that narrative versus... Dragon Ball Z, yeah. Yeah, but Dragon Ball Z is Shonen. So Gundam Wing is more Shonen-esque, and Mobile Fighter G Gundam is definitely Shonen. But... This is the first time you see five Gundams like on the same side. You know, I think it's the only series that actually has that. Now that I think about it, so I mean, for for a lot of us, like you know, I guess that that summary hinted at. I mean, that was that was a, a lot of our intros to Gundam in general. Yeah, you no know? doubt. Um, hell, the the the, I guess the the quote unquote villains. You know, Zex Marquise. Trace Kushinada. I mean, those. I, I thought those characters were fantastic. You know, I mean, I don't know. I I I, I disagree. I disagree. Um, I disagree. You know, hero. <laughs> now, now, I have heard the. You know, it's too blah. The characters don't have any personality. You know, Wolf is always angry. Why is hero never smart? Like I've, I've heard all this shit, and I'm like, I mean. I've seen worse True. Than, than that. Yes, you know. So I don't really understand the nitpicking. I mean, I understand the the feeling, but I'm like, it, it doesn't make it a bad, you know, a bad series. But you know, whatever. That's just no. Nah, I don't think it's a bad series at all. Now I do see the pacing is a little slow because I feel like there's there's certain episodes that should not be there. I feel like the the, the series should have been shorter versus forty nine episodes um, because I. As great as the series is, I can't find myself watching the whole entire series in its entirety. Like I just I stopped for some some reason, mainly because I've seen other Gundam series after this, and at that point, those Gundam series are better than this one. 
And I think that's where it's coming from. But I think we give Gundam Wing the nod because of nostalgia, because this was our introduction to, because let's be clear here, Gundam series, when you think of Mecha, the first thing you think of is Gundam. That is the first thing you think of. That, that, that first thing that should pop in your mind is the Gundam franchise. Because I mean that Gundam is, is Mecha. That's the best Mecha franchise. I mean, hands down. Hands down. Yeah, now, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are, there are other great Mecha franchises out there, but as far as Mecha, Gundam is... It, it doesn't compare. <laughs> it doesn't compare to anything else. So, I mean... Yeah. You know, now, but, now um, I feel like this this series here I'm about to mention should be at number eleven and not number ten. But um, is that's Gundam Double O, and we all love the epic space battles rivalries of the Universal Century. But a change of pace is always welcome. Sometimes a more grounded perspective is needed to tell a story. MS Gundam Double O can be seen as a more polished take on the Gundam Wing formula which focuses on its attractive characters to draw you in and keep you hooked. Almost every central character get plenty of screen time and has a great bad story that makes you want to cheer for them. Something Gundam 00 improves massively is the actual plot, at least during the first two-thirds of the show. So, I, And the main character's plan to start war through the sheer power of mobile suits actually sounds plausible and is fascinating to follow. Hmm. Eh. You know, maybe I should rewatch Gundam Double O, but um, moving on to number nine, which I have seen this Gundam series as number two and number three in a lot of lists. But surprisingly, this is number nine, and that is Turn A Gundam. Um, now, a quote them, I love Turn A Gundams because it brings together every other Gundam timeline into a single context. Near the end of the show, it's revealed that the correct century is set over 3,000 years after the Universal Century's one-year war. Every other alternate timeline is also shown to have happened in the past. It also features the first Gundam model designed by a foreigner, the eponymous Turn A. Uh, see Meade, an American futurist who contributed significantly to franchises like Blade Runner, Star Trek, and Tron, was granted the honor. This is the fir first and only Gundam with a mustache. Have you seen Turn A Gundam? I have. I have. I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, I, so it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty brutal and kind of like I'm gonna say brutal, but it's it's more physical. I will put it like that. Less beam cannons and more laser laser swords. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's all right. All right. I mean, I, I again with, with with this list thus far, I, I haven't had any major. Disagreements, you know, with the with the with what has been said or written down. So I mean, it, you know, I agree with that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, and then that leads to number eight, which is Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin, which you can find it on Netflix, by the way. Now, uh, which also Thanos Rick is writing about. Now, Zeon's genius pilot Shar um, as Naval is one of the best parts of the show. The Origin provides a revealing insight into the character's motivations and past identity before donning the iconic mask. It was released on 35th anniversary of the original show as part of the celebrations. Now, as one of the most recent entries in the franchise, it features incredibly dynamic battles and a crisp mobile suit models. Watching Shara wipe out an entire fleet at the battle alone never gets old. 
Of course, this full episode OVA is, isn't only about the Red Comet. It also put the events of the original MSG into context and helps build empathy towards both sides of the one-year war. Yeah. Your, your thoughts? It was a great series. Um, definitely, because Char, is a, Char might be the most interesting character in the entire Gundam franchise, I think. I think. Um, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. His backstory is, you know, how he, I don't want to spoil it, but how he rose to power just just off of smarts and off of relentlessness, you know, trying to keep his secret from, uh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. But it, it, was, it was dope. It was dope. That's that's probably one of my favorite one, uh, series. I like it a lot. Yeah, the origin. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, immediately, immediately after I saw it, I went right ahead and watch, you know, Mobile Suit Gundam, you know, the original, original, you know, and it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, lo- looking past the animation, because of course, Origin is 2015, MSG came out, what, 78, 79, so, you know, besides okay, that, yeah. besides that, you know, it was, it was, it, it fit, it fits, so, brilliant. Yeah, and, and this leads to my next one, which is kind of like one of my personal favorites, mainly because of the animation style, because I love 90s anime animation. And that is Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory 1991, 13 episodes. Now, you can watch the whole entire thing on YouTube. Oh, but if you want the actual set, I will encourage you to get that. Now, this OVA series serves as a prequel to the fantastic Zeta Gundam. Its values lies in making the latter even better by adding context and further exploring how evil and corrupt the Earth Federation can be. Now, it's one of the most visually impressive Gundam shows from before the turn of the century. Unfortunately, the same can't be said about the plot. I can't agree with this. Now, what could have been a fantastic story of Xeon remnants fighting to keep the flame of their nation burning is lost due to a gravely generic protagonist, bland secondary cast, and unlikable antagonist. All that said, this anime is fantastic if you edit everything out but the battle scenes. Uh, you know, I I can't disagree with this either. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it could be better. It could have been better, man. I, I feel like it could have been because I mean the animation was beautiful. Yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's beautiful animation. You know, you know. Sometimes I, I do miss the old animation styles. I really do. They were beautiful. I mean, it's you know we we won't see that again, unfortunately. But you know. I, I do, it, it, I do agree. The story could have been stronger. A lot of the characters were eh, you know. But a little trash. People talk shit about Gundam Wing. Hell, just look at this shit. You know what I'm saying? If you if you want, you know, bland characters, but whatever. I digress. I digress. <laughs> Come to the defense. The next one up is Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash 2021, and I, I think you didn't like this one too well, uh, Thanos Rick. No, uh, but. The most recent entry in the Mobile Suit Gunner franchise takes us back to the Universal Century, several years after Shard's counterattack and the second Neo Zeon War. Hathaway's Flash uh, follows Hathaway Noah, the son of the celebrated Federation Captain Bright Noah. He leads a terrorist organization opposing the Earth Federation's authoritarian views and intentions to privatize the Earth so that the only, the privileged, may enjoy the mother planet. Now, it's part of the UC Next 0100 project. We started back in 2018. I can't say I like the bulky RX-105 Gundam, but other than that, Hathaway's Flash spells a bright future for Gundam. I don't like it. I didn't like it because it made me because of the animation. This one put me to sleep. 
It promotes. That you told me. <laughs> that you told me. I mean, and this is number six. Uh, I don't know about that. And which leads to the next one, which I totally disagree with, because I feel like on several lists, I have found Ace MS Team uh, mobile, come out in 1996 as the number one. Now, while Omaro and Shar were shooting it out in the sky, yeah. things on the ground were also heating up. The 8th MS team follows main character Shiro Amada and his team as they engage in guerrilla warfare on mobile suits against Xeon's ground forces in the humid jungles of Southeast Asia. Now, where the original MSG focused on rivalries, this shows put the magnifying glass on the strained war puts on human relationships. And you might also consider watching the compilation film Team Mills Report for some extra scenes. I feel like this probably definitely in my top my top three. F Ace MSC. It just it, it was more grounded. It was no OP mobile suits. These were Gundams, but they weren't like OP and overpowered. And they had limitations. And there was there was high risk involving any mission that they did. And I and, and it's cool to see a Gundam like camouflage in the jungle too. So that's pretty dope. I mean, I think it belongs in the top five where I don't know. But I did enjoy this one. I did enjoy this one. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, E. I mean, it, it, it could be the, the best one. I don't, I don't disagree with it. I don't. I, I can't really argue. It was great. Great story. I mean, like you said, it focused more on ground, which was dope. Because um, normally, you don't really see that often in, in the Gundam series. Where nah. it's mainly on the ground, you know. Um, just where in the ranking I would put it, I, I don't know, I don't know. But it is, it is top five. You, you have a top three, it's in my top five. No doubt, no doubt. So and number four is Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket. Um, six episodes. Now, whereas some Gundam shows are only worth watching due to badass mecha combat, War in the Pocket could still be a fantastic war story, even if the mobile suits were completely removed from the plot. This short series gives us a glimpse into how one year war affected the innocents far beyond the Earth, Federations, or Xeon borders. At the same time, it's a bit of a Romeo and Juliet story, but just as tragic as an ending. Now, it's personal and emotional and manages to deliver the anti-war message much better than the average gun of show. I won't put it. That's I all. Mean, I, I won't put it top top top. Maybe. I, I'm a little curious on watching it because I haven't sat and watched it, but yeah, I'm I mean, a little I, curious. I have it, but I've seen it. I, I wouldn't say. I think it's too high on the list. I would say. I would say top ten. Yes. Gotcha. But top five, eh, I don't. I don't think it's that strong. Like I don't, I don't think it was better than Shar's counterattack, personally. Yeah, it's not many. It's not many. I mean, with Shar, it's, it's, it's a different type of breed. Yeah. So I mean, that, that that's my opinion. My opinion. <laughs> Which leads to, I feel like this one, honestly, I'm about to say is probably got some of the most. This one had me the most emotionally invested. Oh. Oh my! I will say this, and I'm about to say it's Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans. Like this joint here, 
this shit right here is lit beyond all recognition. It's like it, it's set 300 years after the interplanetary conflict known as the Calamity War, mm-hmm. nearly wiped out all colonies in the Earth's sphere. Iron blooded orphans turned the teenage war hero trope on its head. Poverty and violence have been everyday companions for the show's cast of war children for as long as they can remember. And it's through violence that they choose to carve out a place for themselves in this harsh reality. This is one of the darkest entries in the Gundam series, but it's also profoundly enjoyable thanks to its deep characters, which are explored at a length throughout the series one. It also features some of the most unique alternate timeline Gundam designs. Have you watched the entire series? I have. I have. Um, e, I can't disagree with you. I can't. The series is pretty good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told you. I, I I know you was apprehensive on it because you know you was pro gun to win. I said, bro, I'm telling you, man, this this thing gonna get you emotionally invested. I'm not shortchanging gun to win, but no, this be, one, no, but you did say it was better than wing. You said it that. is. It, I mean, it is. What, it is. That's what pissed me off. E. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know it did. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have came out with it like that. Maybe I should have done that, right? But I mean. You can't disagree with how emotionally invested every single episode mattered. It it, it was it, no waste of an episode. It does check off all the boxes. I, I will yeah. admit to that. I mean, any everything you want in a Gundam series, you can't go wrong with, with orphans. You can't. You can't. You can't. Characters I mean, great, animation's beautiful, story is fantastic. I mean, it, fight scenes, the, the battle scenes, are, it's, it checks off all the boxes. So. And I don't want to even want to spoil it, man. It was just I, one death that really caught me. It really tugged at my heartstrings, man. And the way he died, I'm like, mm. I think I know which which one you're talking about. I, yes, yes. <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Like this this man has to die. I mean, obviously, the guy that did it, you know, he got his just desserts. He got shot on the toilet, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, like it was. I mean, that was poetic justice for me, man. He literally waited till this man flushed. Soon he opened the door. Pop, pop. That was it. Got him. I mean, that that's it was just really, really good. If you haven't seen Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, you really, really have to see this, man. It really gets you tug at your heartstrings, but everything has a purpose. And the sacrifices that some of these individuals make, you know, they will remain nameless. You see the ends just the ends justify the means. Yeah. So uh, the next one up, number two, is Mobile Suit Gundam, nineteen seventy nine. The OG uh, revolutionized the giant robot genre with Kenji Odorara's remarkable mecha design and the grounded, realistic portrayal of these machines. Now, instead of magical robots fighting for justice, uh, Mobile Suit is a tool of war, and so this show revolves around warfare in all of its dimensions. On one hand. You see the birth of legends like Ray Amaro and Shar Osnabel, and but on the other, you see the terrible impact the war on everyone involved. Uh, Yoshiyuki Tomino managed to write a mecha show that could resonate with Japan's own war wound with its anti-war message, and at the same time sell merchandise like hotcakes. Genius work. Genius work. And number 10, no, I'm sorry, number 10. Number one, is Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam a new translation 2005? Uh, it, it, 
It sets in <laughs> 0085. It says set in the years after the one year war, four years after the events of Stardust. Memory, MS Zeta Gundam tells one of the rawest and most riveting war stories in the franchise. It's one of those sequels that improved the original by virtue of existing. The portrayal of the Earth Federation as a ruthless police state, hunting down Xeon remnants, regardless of age, gender, or involvement in the previous conflict was poignant. Now, it reminds us that in war, there are no good guys, only survival and hate. There is also Shard wearing badass sunglasses and leading a rebellion under the code name Quattro Bagina. Now, it really doesn't get any cooler than that. I think this is like the, the end of it, pretty much. And I don't have Mobile Suit Zeta Gun, the, uh, the new translation. Do you have that? I do. Okay. So, what is the correct order? Now, it, you know, can I watch Mobile Suit Gundam Origins? And that can is that can be the original first one for me? Watch, or, watch Origin. Okay, watch Origin. Okay, so watch Origin. So I can watch Origin, and then I can watch Gundam 1, 2, and 3, and Shard's Counterattack after. Watch Origin. Because remember, Mobile Suit Gundam takes off right after Origin. Okay. You know, so I would watch Origin, then I would watch Mobile Suit, and then... You know, one, two, and three, and Char, sure, go ahead, knock yourself out. But, you know, I would, that's the order I would watch it in. Okay, so then Zeta would be pretty much the, the cap. Pretty much a nice button on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, then you, okay, there's two Gundams that's missing. One is an anime and one is not. And I remember I told you I have the video game Extreme Boost Max, Extreme versus Max Boost on right for PlayStation right. Four. Right. So there's there's a Gundam. It's called Mobile Suit Gundam X Crossbone, and the Gundam's got I don't, it don't have a cape, but it has like a uh, like a cloth like over the mobile suit, and they can take it off. And they have a beam sword that looks like a pirate sword, and they have crossbones on the chest. Almost like they're space powers. But a lot of people spe- says that this particular Gundam is probably the most powerful one even after 50 years. Still. But it's not an anime. He, this, the, the creator refused to make it an anime. It is a manga, however, but they refused to make it. Wow. And I, I have no clue. I, they think it's not marketable. I'm like, but yet you put out some trash Gundam now. You did put out some trash series, but you don't think this is marketable? I, I feel like with this series, I think, especially in the West, here, that it will resonate very well. Mobile Fighter G Gundam resonated well. Gundam Wing resonated, resonated well. And you notice Gundam Wing and, and Mobile Fighter was really like the first ones technically that kind of gained that popularity in Gundam for the U.S., and then everything else followed after. So why not throw that out there? I mean, hell, you made Gundam Build Fighters. I so mean, you've done everything else. You, why stop here? Exactly. Especially, you know, when you're talking like, you know, the most powerful, like, the, don't don't just dangle it in our faces. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, come on, come on. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the other one is uh, Mobile Suit Gundam After War X. Yes. I heard that one was very good. Yes, it is. It is. Very good. And I actually played with that Gundam uh, last night, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. I might, uh, might, I might, might fuck with this one. 
But I need that series, actually. I, I, I need that series. After War, um, I think I'm going to start with Mobile Suit Gundam Origins today. You know, I'm going to study a little bit, but I'm going to jump on that. But, oh, also, before we get off the show, NWA weekend, well, this past weekend, ladies and gentlemen, um, Mickey James did the first ever all-women's pay-per-view with NWA Empower. And uh, Thanos, it was a very good show. I actually watched both shows. Uh, Empower was on Saturday. NWA 73 was uh, last night. And Nick Aldis has been the NWA World Heavyweight Champion for 1,043 days. Jesus. Yes. This man has defended this title with grace and poise and successfully retained it several times up until last night. Trevor Murdoch put his career on the line against Nick Aldis, and he won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And I think Ric Flair himself actually uh, got on the mic and put Trevor Murdoch over because Ric Flair was at NWA 73 last night. He cut a he cut a nice little promo too. He he called out Triple H. I wouldn't say call him out, but you know he talked about Triple H. He called about Stephanie. He talked about Vince. Um, not in a negative way. You know he pretty much just thanked him. You know because y'all know I want to do what I want to do. He said, "Hell, I might come up show up today. I could have I should have did this for free, but Billy Corgan insisted on paying me. But hell, I wanted I was going to do this for free, but you know I might be here today and have a drink with Tony Khan tomorrow." <laughs> Ric Flair stuff, man. Now, Empower saw the retirement of Awesome Kong. Um, and honestly, this was like a very fitting retirement for Kong because he did it in front of Gail Kim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Gail Kim is retired, but let me put things in perspective. Gail Kim and Awesome Kong were the women's evolution way before WWE decides, oh yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna kick the Divas motif out of there and just make, you know, the women's revolution. That was that was honestly a copycat. That was a copycat because the TNA knockouts were the revolution. They are they were they are the revolution. And just straight up. And the big part of that was awesome Kong and Gail Kim. Their their rivalry, their feuds was legendary. Legendary. Now you sound bitter. Let it no, go. I, it ain't bitter. It's fact. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not bitter. It is straight up fact. That is fact. Any, any true wrestling fan would tell you the TNA yeah. knockouts were the ones who started this revolution. It wasn't WWE. Yeah, that, WWE that. just put a, a market tag on it and tried to make it what it was. And notice, they only did one all-women's pay-per-view which everybody wanted a second one and we never got and probably never will get. No, I mean, I mean, you know, Stephanie did do her thing with it. Um, you know, but let's not shit on what Stephanie did because that was great. That was great. Oh, so, that, that, was, that was great. But know, we can't say that they're the first. They're the second. That's fine. That's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I mean, I love to shit on Vince's product whenever I can, but... You know, <laughs> But what what Stephanie did was great. I mean, I I I can't I can't even knock it. I, I got to be fair. I got to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I mean that all women's review WWE had was awesome, and we were looking forward to having it again and again 
And again, even the women in the locker room was like, we want to do this again. And I don't know. It just falls on deaf ears. I don't know what it is. Like, come on, man. Come on. You got all this talent. Like, look at SmackDown. SmackDown got all the stack talent for women. Like, all the stack talent. They showed up Liv Morgan, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, Carmella. The list goes on and on and on. Raw is slim pickings right well, now. Can, slim well, pickings. Well, I can tell you probably why that is. Why's that? I guess. Vince. <laughs> well, yeah. Vince. I, I would suppose. Not critiquing it. I mean, but I know last, this past weekend was just a good weekend for pro wrestling, for like, you know, anybody that, that's a NWA. <laughs> NWA. <laughs> BCs. <laughs> Come on, BCs. Come on, BCs. Don't do this today, man. Don't do this today, BCs. <laughs> he said, sorry, I'll <laughs> Oh, man. Hilarious. Hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this was just a good weekend for pro wrestling. Now, I know this coming Saturday is, I know, PCW uh, that Brett C. Ashley invited me to. So I'm actually going to uh, make an appearance there. Okay. But uh, in NWA 73 with the Pope and, you know, also Kong retiring. Uh, actually, NWA Empower was trending number two on Twitter, only under UFC. And that's it. And it was number two pretty much most of the night. Right. NWA 73 was like number eight. So Empower honestly trended more than last night's pay-per-view. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Well, mainly I think mainly because of that whole Jake Paul, Tyron Woolley shit. But let's not discuss that, please. <laughs> Can we not, bring bro? That? What happened? This man is undefeated. Let's 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 not discuss this guy. My points, <laughs> Tyron Woolley, man. What the fuck is wrong with you, fam? What is wrong with you? <sighs> uh, Jesus, man. Uh, either way, either way. <sighs> <laughs> it, it's it's a while. Speaking of CM Punk, BC, my shirt actually came in today. It came in the mail today. I'm excited about that. And also, I will be streaming tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be doing that as well. And we'll be back on tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Now, the, the September edition of Orange Phoenix Magazine is coming out really, really, really soon. Really soon, okay? So just put it out there. You got articles by myself. You got articles by Thanos Rick. You got articles by Ellie. You got articles by Rachel Lowe. Man, I'm telling you, this is a thick magazine. This is a thick and uh, magazine. I, I know I'm going to talk to Brittany as far as printing out some physical copies if those that want the physical copies because I know you guys want that cover. I know you guys want it. Uh-oh. You're going to want it. Uh-oh. I, I just know you do. I just know you do. So it, it just—I I just can't wait for the September edition, man. It is definitely going to be stacked uh, with intel information. A very, very fun read, indeed. Um, still working some of the stuff. Still, uh, still working the stuff. But BC, you got it. You got it. You got it. Just say less, man. It, it's probably going to be the biggest issue yet. More bigger than August. So. But yeah, ready, ready for that, man. And yes, follow Orange Phoenix Geek Corner. The next two movies for September is Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Back to the Future Part 3. That is the two movies for September. 
right? And uh, Thanos Rick, man, I'm, I'm a little sad about tomorrow because uh, I've been doing a little bit of research on some anime, and there's two dark horror anime that people probably never heard of, and it's not for the faint of heart. I'm telling you right now. I, I should put it on the movie wheel, but it might freak everybody out, though. Well, then don't do it. I mean, a part of me wants to. <laughs> a, part of, a part of me wants to. A part of me wants to. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe, see BC. Do it. Do it. Uh, you know, I, I probably will add them on there. I probably will add them on there. Hopefully, I can find them. But thank you, You got anything else for the listeners out there? Hey man, did you get your um, Shang Chi tickets? Not yet, but on the way. Oh, that reminds me. Follow Orange Phoenix Tees, all right, on Instagram. Type in Orange Phoenix Tees, give it a follow, as well as Orange Phoenix Media, as well as Orange Phoenix Tees. If you click on the link in the bio, it will take you to our inventory to see all the designs that we have. And I will be posting some new designs as well. All right? And yes, I will get some Shang-Chi tickets really, really soon. The the movie drops this weekend, so... Mm. I might wait. I might wait it out. I might go see, go see it with the lady. Okay. Okay. Might, you know. Okay. I mean, I'm 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 hearing this one. This one has the best action scenes in the MCU thus far. So I've heard. So I've heard. And tomorrow, uh, we also giving it some time here. We're gonna talk about Marvel's What If, the latest episode of last week, which is you know, what if the Avengers never existed? Man, I. I'm ready to dive into that Thanos rate, man. So tomorrow we definitely gonna jump into that. If there's not anything else, I'm gonna hit you with an outro from a from a Gundam series, and it's from Gundam 0083. It's a second intro, Thanos Rick. I'm pretty sure you're gonna enjoy this. So until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.